The Universal Beings, Volume 3, Chapters 28 to 36. Chapter 28. Explorer suddenly went black. Pitch black. There were various portable light sources everywhere within Explorer, but finding the first one would be a challenge when one can't see one's hand in front of one's own face. Everyone froze. Not just because of the instant shock, terror, and confusion, but because everyone was literally in pitch black. There was no moonlight to assist anyone. Starlight did not matter because everything was too far away. Now everyone had to get on their hands and knees and start crawling. Crawling and hoping that they can find their way to the nearest light source. This was stark terror. This was beyond an emergency. What happened? Captain Azul got on his hands and knees and started crawling in the direction he thought was the entry to his sleeping quarters. But he was completely turned around and did not know which way was which. Remember, in deep space there is no north, east, west, or south. There is only blackness and confusion. It suddenly occurred to Captain Azul, how is it that gravity is still working? That means the gravity screw is still spinning and receiving power somehow. Why are all the lights and electrical systems now inoperable? He thought. Trying to remain positive he thought to himself, well, at least we're not banging around on the walls, floors, and ceilings in total pitch black and weightlessness. Suddenly a pinpoint of light appeared on the other side of the habitable zone. A voice rang out, Captain Azul, can you hear me? It was Bart. Yes Bart, I can hear you. Stay there and I will come to you. As ordered Captain, said Bart. Captain Azul felt confident enough at this point to stand up and start walking, but immediately tripped and fell. Captain, please stay on your hands and knees and take your time. Said Bart. I know I know, said Azul. It would take many minutes of navigating the surroundings for Captain Azul to realize that right in front of him was a light source. He flipped it on and simultaneously a hundred others came on at the same time. The crew had also found the portable light sources. The whole ship suddenly became illuminated. Everyone! Yelled Captain Azul, don't leave your light source on too long as they only last a week or so. At this point, not intending to be humorous, laughter erupted around the ship at this comment. Good one, said Bart. Chapter 29 Bart, do you know the situation? Asked Captain Azul. No Jim, I am as stumped as you are. Captain Azul slowly turned his head and stared at Bart. Stumped, he asked. Yes Captain, is that not a human nonsense word that means that I don't have the answer? Azul shook his head and sighed, yes Bart. And I too am stumped. Bart looked at Captain Azul, Captain, would clusterfuck be inappropriate? Enough, barked Azul. A long silence followed this outburst as they were both now in deep thought as to what the next move should be. Do our comms still work? Asked Captain Azul. No Jim, they are also inoperable at the moment. Do you have any suggestions? Asked Captain Azul. I will make my way to the transfer bay and go into the Orion Drive. Brick should know what happened and this appears the only way we can communicate with the Orion Drive personnel at the moment. Does this sound reasonable Captain? Azul nodded to Bart, sounds like a great plan Bart. Be careful. Captain Azul watched the silhouette of Bart fade way into the distance as the pinpoints of light throughout the ship start to converge 100 yards ahead of him. It appears the crew who found the portable light sources are all following proper procedures and attempting to form up in one area. Captain Azul started slowly crawling in the direction of the rest of the crew. What the hell happened? He thinks to himself. I hope everyone is okay. Chapter 30 Bart was now inside the Orion Drive tube and calling out for Brick. All of the other technicians within the tube looked up at Bart startled. 
Bart was confused as the electricity appeared to be functioning properly inside the Orion Drive. Brick is at the bomb bay with Dr. Crabtree trying to fix a malfunction with one of the bomb bay doors. Said one of the technicians to Bart. Is there a problem? Bart gave the technician a long stare, please take me to them immediately. The two floated towards the rear of the Orion Drive in total silence as the technician kept looking back at Bart in a questioning manner. Brick. We have an emergency in the habitable zone, said Bart. Well that's just great, because we have an emergency here as well. Would you like to go first? Asked Brick. The ship is without power, said Bart. Brick's head snapped around to look at Bart, what do you mean without power? We have no light, and all electricity appears to be offline. Bart responds. Please tell me the screw is still spinning. Bart nods, yes Brick, we still have gravity functioning properly somehow. Brick exhales with a look of relief, okay. I think I know what happened. Go back to the zone and tell Jim I will have everything back online within the hour. I had to shut off some functions within the ship rather suddenly, and I did not have time to inform Jim. The real issue we have right now is that one of the bomb bay doors is stuck half open, and we have less than an hour to get it unseized, or we're not going to be able to start slowing down. We could overshoot our objective. You know what that means correct Bart? Bart immediately started scrambling back toward the transfer bay. Yes, I know what that means Brick. I will inform the captain. Brick and three of his mechanics immediately go back to work to rectify the situation. If they don't get this sorted out immediately, there is no going back home. If they don't engage this door to close and get the reverse thrusters fired up to slow down, they will be unable to achieve gravity assist from Alpha Centauri, and they will all be for all intents and purposes, lost in space. Chapter 31 Year 8 had begun, and the first real-life threatening situation for the crew of Explorer has reared its ugly head. A malfunction within the Orion Drive tube's Bombay doors had sent the mechanics and technicians scrambling. They had to get the Orion Drive area completely sealed, yet one of the doors was stuck half open. If this procedure wasn't completed, they would not be able to engage the reverse thrusters to start the nearly year-long process of slowing down to obtain orbit around Proxima Centauri. After almost an hour of frantically trying to resolve the situation, Brick had an idea so ridiculous it just might work. He floated towards his tool cabinet and opened the door pulling out a can of WD-40. Dr. Crabtree scoffed at Brick, are you fucking serious? I think we need more than a can of some ancient lubricant that no one uses anymore. He said. Brick ignored this comment and floated by Crabtree towards the Bombay hatch. He emptied the can into one particular crack that he felt was the problem area. Engage the hydraulics. Brick yelled. A technician in the control room of the tube gave a thumbs up to Brick and flipped a switch. The groaning, creaking, screeching sounds became louder and louder than suddenly, a pop as the doors slammed shut. Crabtree just floated there, still and silent with his mouth agape. Brick floats by him and gives him a dirty look, always think outside of the box doctor, or you may end up putting all of us in one. With this crisis averted, Brick goes over to the control room and starts bringing the electrical systems in the habitable zone back online. As the lights and electricity come back online, an audible cheer erupts throughout the ship. Fucking Brick, thinks Azul. Bart approaches Captain Azul, Brick is an incredible human, is he not? Captain Azul beams a wide grin at Bart. He is at that, Bart. He is at that. First major crisis averted. Chapter 32 The end of year 8 was approaching and Explorer was close now to Proxima Centauri and reducing speed to start the process of obtaining orbit with the planet. This was a tense moment for the crew. 
this first major procedure needed to be completed properly so they could begin their first main objective, a thorough and comprehensive study into the composition and potential habitability of the Red Dwarf. Bart had been scanning the area for the last year while approaching Proxima Centauri, trying to locate their lost probe, with no success. Perhaps the probe had missed the planet entirely unable to achieve orbit and shot off into deep space. Perhaps it was unable to slow down adequately and had crashed into Proxima Centauri. As the fate of the probe was one of their main objectives, some sort of conclusion needed to be obtained before they could venture out any further. They did not want to follow the same path as their probe, if indeed its fate was its own destruction. Venturing out beyond Proxima Centauri without an answer would be reckless and irresponsible. Captain Azul had promised his crew he would bring them back to Earth alive, and he was more determined than ever to do so. Chapter, Chapter 33. 33 A cheer rose up from the crew as the main computer announced, Orbit Achieved. Everyone was smiling and clapping as a top three all turned around to shake each other's hands in acknowledgement of their achievement. This was a major unknown that they had just achieved, reducing speed from such an incredible velocity to achieve orbit on an exoplanet for the first time in human, neo-man history. Congratulations Captain Azul, you have performed adequately. But to be honest, I think we all owe much of this achievement to Brick, said Bart. Brick, stunned, looked up and says, this accomplishment took all of us Bart. Not just one person or Neo-man. Captain Azul cuts off Brick, no, I think we would all agree that you really saved our asses Brick. This is no time to be humble. We all thank you for all you have done for us. Bart adds, I did not mean any disrespect towards you Captain. I apologize. Captain Azul turns towards Brick, no apology necessary Bart. Thank you Brick, as he holds up his arm to shake Brick's hand. The crew all turned towards Brick and started applauding and cheering. Dr. Crabtree, reluctantly, starts clapping with an embarrassed scowl on his face while shaking his head, well done Brick, he says. Everyone looks up to the monitor to see the surface of Proxima Centauri in total awe and wonderment. True exploration begins now. Chapter 34 Explorer was on day 10 of orbit around Proxima Centauri. Captain Azul was putting the final touches in his logbook with all of the events of the previous year. Explorer had sent out a probe to the surface of Proxima Centauri to take readings and gather information, and Dr. Evans and Old Man Franklin were studying all of the data being received. This was a time for some rest and relaxation and to gather their thoughts. Their mission plan required that they spend six months in orbit around Proxima Centauri in order to study the planet and solar system, and to prepare for the next stage of their mission, escape orbit and travel to their next objective. They needed to enter all of the data required into the main computer in order to formulate a proper plan so the next step in their mission could begin. The question now was whether or not to send the shuttle with some of the soldiers to the surface. So far the consensus was that it would be possible for humans to explore firsthand on the surface of Proxima Centauri. The scientists were just trying to decide whether the spacesuits would be adequate to protect humans. Bart and a few of the other Neomans had volunteered to go down first, as they were capable of surviving in much more hostile environments as opposed to humans, but Captain Azul needed more data before he made any decision one way or the other in this matter. While Bart and the other Neomans considered themselves expendable, Captain Azul did not see it this way. Everyone on board was vital to this mission, and Captain Azul did not want to lose a single crew member, human or otherwise. Especially his friend Bart. Captain Azul communicated this sentiment to Bart, but Bart reiterated his commitment to protect the lives of humans above all else with no sentimentality or emotion. The cold logic he received from Bart during this exchange made Captain Azul suddenly realize something. Bart, did you remove your upgrade package? He asked. Bart quickly responded, yes, Captain. 
Captain Azul looking disappointed asked, why would you do that? After a long pause, Bart simply responds, Urgot. Captain Azul stands up and approaches Bart, Bart, the unfortunate incident with the Urgot poisoning has nothing to do with emotions. You understand this correct? If you had the same nervous system as humans did you would have suffered the same effects with or without emotions. Bart considers this comment and responds, how could I have the same nervous system as humans without similar emotions? Captain Azul just stares at Bart and shakes his head with disappointment. You have essentially killed my good friend Bart. I suppose it makes no point to ask you how that makes you feel as now you have what you apparently wanted. No emotional reaction or intelligence. It's what makes humans all special and unique from one another. Now you are just a machine. Please leave Bart. Bart turns around and quietly leaves Captain Azul's quarters. These comments by Captain Azul were illogical to him. He decided he would reinstall his emotional upgrade package before he spoke with Captain Azul again, and maybe this would help him understand what exactly he meant. Chapter 35 Captain Azul and Captain Man were in the captain's quarters making entries into their logbooks when the alarm rang at the entry port, come in, said both captains simultaneously. In walk General Trico and Lieutenant Brooks. Good day, my captains, said the general. Azul and Man stood up and shook their hands, good day sir, said Captain Azul. How may we help you? Please sit down. May I offer you both a drink? The General and Lieutenant Brooks sit down, and the General says, Actually, I would love a drink. Whiskey, if you have it. Absolutely, sir. On the rocks or neat? On the rocks would be fantastic, Captain. For both of us if you don't mind. Not at all, sir. Four whiskeys on the rocks coming right up, responds Azul. Azul hands everyone the drinks and sits back down, So, General, how may we help you? The General and Lieutenant Brooks just smile and look at each other, You already have Captain, says the General. We both just needed to get out of our general area and have a little social time with our captains. We were getting a little stir-crazy, and it occurred to us that after all these years we haven't really gotten to know each other, the four of us. I hope this is not an intrusion. Absolutely not general, responds Azul, this actually makes me quite happy as it has been on my mind for some time to come visit you as well, but as I'm sure you understand, the pressures of this job make it hard for me to get around to anything that doesn't have to do with our main objective. Thank you for this. The general smiles, I think you're doing an excellent job, Captain. I just wanted to make sure you knew that we felt that way. Captain Azul eases back into his chair and exhales, nothing means more than hearing you say the general. I deeply appreciate your support throughout the years on this mission. Having you and your men here to help us and protect us is a great source of comfort for myself and Captain Man. I just want you to know the respect I have for you and your service is genuine. I have had nothing but respect for you throughout your entire career going back many years before we even embarked on this mission. When I was told you were going to be the leader of our military force on board, I was incredibly relieved at having someone of your stature on board. It is no exaggeration for me to say how much respect and deference I have for you, sir. The general smiles wide and laughs, now captain, if I didn't know better, I would say you were brown nosing a little. Everyone starts laughing as they all toast each other. This was the most fun the leaders have all had together on the entire journey so far. By the end of the night they all agree to get together like this once a week to visit, socialize, and stay in close communication with one another. It was a happy relief to everyone that they all genuinely liked each other as much as they had discovered. And the hangover they had all happily experienced the next day was genuine as well. Chapter 36 Explorer had been orbiting Proxima Centauri for three months now, and the decision was finally made to send a small contingent of the crew down to to investigate the surface and conduct some scientific research. 
The leaders and scientists had enough information gathered at this point to conclude that it was reasonably safe to send a few Neomans down to explore and gather some samples for study. Captain Azul decided, at Bart's request, to not risk the lives of any of the human crew and honor his recommendation to send down some of the larger and more advanced Neomans to do research. Captain Azul forbade Bart to be part of the away team, much to Bart's disappointment. Bart had reinstalled his emotion upgrade package into his hard drive some months ago, and this was causing him to feel upset and overprotected by the captain. Bart was pouting. Captain Azul felt a little bit guilty, as seeing Bart sulking actually made him feel rather happy. He tried to explain to Bart his reasoning, but the fact of the matter is that at this moment Bart was kind of pissed at Captain Azul. After a heated argument over the matter, Bart stormed out of Captain Azul's quarters. Captain Azul smiled to himself and thought, I'm glad to have you back, buddy. It would take a couple of weeks for Bart to get over it and forgive Captain Azul. That was fine with the captain. He knew Bart was safe, and that's all that mattered. The away team had gathered some excellent specimens of rocks, soil, and first-hand readings of the composition of the atmosphere. They had then returned safely to the ship after a week-long expedition on the surface. The samples had been stored away safely in specially created containment vessels at the front of the Orion drive tube, sealed tight and away from the crew as a precautionary measure in case of any unexpected alien germs, viruses, or unforeseen pathogens. They were being studied in the containment vessels by the science-specific nano-robots gathering information for when the samples were returned to Earth for further study. One thing was irrefutably concluded by Dr. Evans, Old Man Franklin, and the other scientists, Proxima Centauri was not a good candidate for future colonization. It was simply too cold and dark as its host star was too dim and lacked the ability to provide enough energy on the surface for long-term survivability. One discovery by the away team that the scientists were having a hard time coming to terms with was evidence of an ancient civilization. The Neomans had come across ancient ruins and structures. The images they took of the ancient monoliths, and what appeared to be a large grid layout suggesting an ancient city, did not lie. But the human scientists were just trying to explain it away as natural formations, optical illusions, and tricks of light. The same old story with humans. The same way scientists had discounted all of the extraterrestrial evidence on Earth for centuries. Neomans found this aspect of humanity confusing. To be continued. 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 To be continued.